Thank you for watching and or listening to the best barbecue show. I'm here in the basement of Buxton Hall with Elliot Moss. Uh, this is a pretty cool little man cave you got here. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, is there a, I mean, a, is there just an awesome vintage shop here? Have you been collecting this over time? Uh, this is just stuff from my old house and my collection over the years. Um, about 40 years worth of stuff down here, I guess. Wow. And you didn't start out here, right? You started out in South Carolina? Yeah, I'm from Florence, South Carolina. That's kind of near Myrtle Beach. Um, spent 20 years there. Moved to Columbia, the state capital. Lived there for five years. Um, then I moved to Philadelphia for about a year and a half or two. And then I moved here to open a place called the Admiral. Uh, worked there for six years and decided to open this place. <laughs> well, you were telling me about the Admiral. You said it's a, it was kind of a good you know, high-end food but kind of a divey, fun atmosphere. Yeah, it was super divey. Uh, we actually had an old Budweiser sign that we painted and just said dive, but it <laughs> scratch out the, the e button and the U and the other end and just kind of way the neon shaped it. Kind oh, of I see. Dive. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, there's a, uh, speaking of Philly, there's a place there that it looks like a Schlitz can, but it says a uh, dive bar or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Johnny Brenda's, is that it? I think that's it. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I think that's where the, the guy uh, got it from, really. Oh, that's amazing. Well, so do you remember being in Philly much? Was that a kind of a quick whirlwind? Um, you know, I miss Philly. Um, I didn't have a car at the time, so I relied on public transportation. I uh, got to walk around a lot. Got to it's not too the bad city. there, right, no, the public I, transit? No, it's not bad at all. I, I definitely miss it. Um, Kind of re-fell in love with baseball after living there. Uh, everyone's into sports. Yeah, that's true. Well, and it's just an old city. It's like Benjamin Franklin used to walk around there. Yeah, it's, it's wild. A lot of history. Um, a lot of cheesesteaks. Uh, <laughs> Jim and Nick. You, you, or you Jim, do wit or uh, without? I like cheese with mine, yeah. yeah. It's close to New York. You know, you can take the Chinatown bus and go to Atlantic City. All Five bucks to get anywhere. Or probably then, it might have been a dollar, who knows? Yeah, it wasn't much. So at the Admiral, uh, were you were you into barbecue then, or were you more just cooking in the kitchen? No, we were, we were into barbecue then. Um, I, I did a lot of kind of tabletop smoking, um, quick smoking and finishing the oven. My dad uh, sold us a welder, or not a welder, a barbecue pit that his dad made, uh, old propane, kind of oval-shaped really lp tank actually um and we used to cook hogs out front do some ribs every now and then so you you, you got the bug early yeah my, my dad actually is a welder his dad was a welder um and built barbecue smokers uh, that's kind of how my first memories of it came along is we would cook hogs for christmas thanksgiving family would come over the, the women would cook the sides and we'd have a big meal the next day and the men had been up all night drinking, and they just slept all day. So, <laughs> do you? I mean, do you have any welding? Did you Did you try it out? The family business? Oh yeah, I, I had to work in my dad's shop uh, when I was before I could legally work um, during the summers and the holidays. 
I would have to go to my dad's shop and I think he would pay me like a hundred dollars a week to kind of just clean up the shop and he eventually taught me how to weld and use the grinders and wow how old were you back then uh, that would have been 12, 13, Oh, so 14. $100 a week is like yeah, a was, rich man. Yeah, all my friends were super jealous of I bought lots of comic books and baseball cards and rollerblades. <laughs> uh, and speaking of, you're you're an avid skater. Your, your restaurant used to be a skating rink. Yeah, 1936. It was called the Asheville Skating Club. Um, it was open for three years and then changed into standard paper sales, but... We've got some uh, old ads from old newspapers advertising the Asheville Skating Club. I don't think it was very busy. It only opened for three years. Towards the end, they were advertising like wrestling. So they had wrestling rings up there. And, oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You have to bring that back, dude. Yeah, I've thought about it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really popular uh, kind of backyard wrestling club that started uh, doing stuff in Austin at one of the breweries. So oh, wow. now their brew house, they push everything out. And they put in a stage, and now every time I go, it's a little better. Like they put in some lighting, they've got like some screens, so if you're stuck in the back, you can uh, still see what's awesome. on. So that 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 wrestling is it's kind of coming back. I grew up watching it every yeah. Saturday with my granddad for sure. Do you root for anyone specific? You know, um, I haven't really watched it in a while. Um, I'm always the heel guy, you know, I like the bad guys, <laughs> <laughs> Undertaker stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, who was the? There was the Arabian guy. He was a really good bad guy. Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik. Yeah. Exactly. Some people say I look like him. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean the this whole building has so much history. You said 1930s. It's like the you show me some paintings on the walls from the Olympics. Uh, I think they were inspired by the Olympics. Yeah, original to 1936. Um, They're skating, sledding. Yeah, basketball, all kinds of stuff. And how did you, did you just find this building or did someone have a restaurant here before? Or? No, it was, it'd been vacant for probably 15 years or more. Um, I looked into it when we first started looking and the whole building was for sale for way more than we could afford. And we had kind of thought, well, what if we got some people involved and we split it up and we just took this spot. The windows were boarded up. Um, the windows in the back had bricks, and they were boarded up. I mean, it was wow. It was a, just a shell. A um, lot of work. We found a space across the street um, with some different partners at the time, and we were going to open up there, and it, that kind of fell through. And in the meantime, someone had bought this place and had the same idea about splitting into different units. And we got in here and talked to the landlords, and they rented us the spot and got a pretty good deal on the whole two floors and a half. And... It took us about three years to get open and started working on it. Uh, I started working on this project 2012, um, Buxton Hall, with my new partner 2014 or 2013. We opened uh, 2015 uh, in August. Wow. We've been open for four years now this past month. Now, when you say it, it took, you did three years of work, so were you working on it? Were you hiring uh, contractors? We had a contractor, but, I mean, I definitely... I could point to the stuff that I put my hands in, you know, hands and nails and <laughs> cleaning and scraping and scrubbing. Sweat and, and dust. Yeah. And so was there a bunch of stuff you had to pull out? Was there old machines or old there stuff? There wasn't anything in here. We had to cut up the floor and put in the HVAC and run electrical and cut up the floors and do the plumbing. Probably a lot of build washing, mopping. A lot of cleaning up dust and cleaning up dust and cleaning up dust and 
And now it's sheetrock, and now it's grease. Now it's a beautiful space. Oh, I mean, thanks. it's it's. Uh, I've seen pictures, but they really don't do it justice because you walk in and there's kind of this, you know, you've got T-shirts and hats and all this cool stuff. You showed me upstairs. You got that old soda machine that still works, uh, and the dining room is like so Massive. bright and big. And yeah, I wanted I wanted it to where you couldn't really see what was going on inside because we have such a big dining room. If it's if it's slow, it really looks like we're slow in here. Um, and I wanted there to be a little bit of surprise when you walk in and have this roadside kind of barbecue, divey, shacky feel to it when you walk in and then turn the corner and you walk into Buxton Hall, big grand dining hall. Um, sell a lot of beer from the local neighborhoods and all. And yeah. Yeah, I tried one of those. You said it was a lime beer? Uh, Fontaflora, Fontaflora uh, Lake James Lime. They use fresh lime, they zest and throw in there and yeah, it's a lager. I usually drink lagers and I'll put a little lime in it. So yeah. getting it put in ahead of time makes it perfect. Yeah, that was their. Uh, I think that's their thought process behind it. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that uh, I'm kind of a beer nerd. Um, and before I had a barbecue show, I actually uh, had a beer tour business, and I very quickly got tired of IPAs and things like that. And I'm really now it's like I almost exclusively drink the pilsners and the lagers because. They're so refreshing that there's oh, a difference yeah, to that. Absolutely. That brew. It's just so Oh, it's so delicious. That I'm still thinking about that beer. I might have to go sneak <laughs> one after we finish up here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so you have these you have some cool signage. The sign up front is just so old school and badass. Is that some you hired someone to do that or uh yeah, so that sign has a funny story. The the metal sign was there originally for the building. Um okay. and pulling Permits on new signage is pretty difficult. They they do a lot of there's a lot of math and things that go on to the side really? to tell you how big your sign can be. We didn't want to have to deal with the city on the signage, so we just repainted the sign that was already up there. Um, back in the day, uh, all the little vintage Coke signs like this you see everywhere, yeah, Coke would have sent those to a business along with the panel that the business would have hired somebody just to paint their sign on, but they supply the sign just yeah, as advertisement. Smart. Um, <clears throat> I've had these signs for a long time, and we were going to put them up there. My dad, his welding shop's been around for many, many, many years, and uh, his sign has really faded out, Moss Welding and Ironworks, and I wanted originally our sign to look all faded like that, and I was like, no, nah, we got to earn that fade. So um, we talked to RC Cola, we knew we weren't going to be selling Coke and asked them if they had any old signs laying around similar to this, and they didn't to kind of fit the period. They had some from, like, the 80s and the 70s, but wanted to be an old, old logo and hired a friend of mine to paint that sign, and RC Cole actually paid for half of it. So. Wow. And gave us that cooler upstairs and gave us a whole bunch of soda to start open with. So, so RC stands for Royal Crown? Yep. I never knew that. Yeah. Royal Crown. That's hilarious. Uh, they should change it back to Royal Crown. That's yeah, so much classier yeah. sounding. It's so funny. Uh, so, I mean, it sounds like you have, you said you have about 70 people working here? Yeah, given time, my average is probably 70. The summertime, around 75, 76. And, it, you know, it's a huge dining room. But the kitchen, you guys, I mean, as far as efficiency, it's like a, it's almost like a Japanese restaurant or something. Yeah, you guys are cooking to everything together. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it gets pretty nutty on the weekends trying to figure it out. Um, <laughs> we open at five thirty, five forty-five. We'll be on a wait list already. The whole dining room fills wow. up that quick, and then we start doing to-go food. 
because people don't want to wait. Yeah. And it gets just, it's pretty, pretty nice. Sounds like you need a bigger hall for Buxton Hall. Yeah. We, we, people used to ask if we were going to take reservations before we opened. I was like, you see how big this place is, man? <laughs> we need to take reservations. We're in trouble. But we get on a wait list uh, most Saturday nights. And how, how long does the wait get? Uh, hour and a half to three hours, really, really, depending on, like, on in the holidays, like around Christmas, there's a lot of people in town. And we're one of the few restaurants where you can come with 12 people and not have reservations and get a seat within an hour or two. Or sometimes you can walk right up, get a seat for 12 people. You know? Well, and, and I, I noticed, you know, the barbecue in general, it's a very communal thing. And it, it seems like you, you prefer to have those big groups. You prefer... Uh, you know, listening to the people who work here too, it sounds like they kind of suggest a little food sharing. They, yeah. You know, I, I personally, if I never go to a restaurant and have my own plate ever again, I'll be, I'll be okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like to try a little bit of everything myself. It's fun to go out with people and get to almost try everything at least. Well, and you have such a diverse menu. It's a, uh, it's, it's worth getting three or four things and sharing them. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, my dad. Uh, I was telling a story over the weekend. My dad, we used to go to these old kind of Jewish uh, resort towns in upstate New York. And, you know, it's kind of like the Grove Park. So it's a big yeah. old building and you, you pay and you get three meals and all this stuff. But my dad used to, because you have to pick like chicken, fish, beef, he would just take his knife and fork and walk over to other people's table and be like, hey, I didn't try the chicken. Can I try uh, yours? <laughs> that's hilarious. He's a, he's, he was fun like that. And uh i i do prefer to just i would rather just sit and use my fingers half the time i was at a awards dinner for certified angus beef last night and i was just sticking my hands in the ribs and oh, yeah. just kind of not not following the rules Yeah, ethiopians fun that way too are there ethiopian places here uh there's one it, it's it's okay but i had a lot of ethiopian living up in philly nice that uh, was probably the funnest part about it was just eating the injera with your hands and all you're you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to do like an Ethiopian night, some you know, Angira. Yeah, I I did I used to cook some Ethiopian and at the Admiral actually I would order really? some some bread and spices from uh, the internet and cook it up. Maybe I should do that one night. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a uh, it's a, the food's a little different, but that's exactly kind of communal. It definitely has style. some soul in it for sure. Oh, so much soul. There's there's a surprising amount of places in Austin that are Ethiopian, Vietnamese, you know, a lot of these different cultures. And it's cool to see, it's cool to see the borders kind of fall down. You know, I mean, you, you had, you have a few things up there that aren't necessarily just barbecue. And uh, you have to tell me about this muscadine grape hole pot. Yeah. That was one of the most interesting bites I've ever had. Yeah, well, uh, we, the the house I grew up on, um, we had muscadine vines in the yard and Hurricane Hugo came through in 89 and tore them all down but my my dad has stories of his grandmother that lived on that farm making uh great pies with the muscadines and cutting them in half and using the holes actually in the pies because the skin's real thick um so actually my pastry chef cuts them in half takes the pulp out saves the hole cooks the juice down and gets the seeds out and then makes a pie filling puts the grape holes back in it, kind of cooks that down, and they get a little soft. And it's really what gives it that beautiful purple color is those holes. Wait, she's peeling the grapes? Yeah, and then juices them, takes the seeds out, adds the pulp and the holes back, and cooks them down with some sugar and 
some other things, and then puts that in a rye crust with some oat crumble, bakes it off, and serves it with a little honey whipped cream. Yeah, uh, it, it almost looks like like well done, but it's just that rye crust. The it's this nice dark brown, like it's yeah. a really beautiful with the dark purples in it. It's just a it's a it's beautiful to look at, and I mean I can't believe them. How long does it take to do all this deseeding and all yeah, that? Yeah, I mean that would be a question really for her. It takes it's a, <laughs> it's a laborious pie for sure. Oh yeah, and it and it's real special because it's muscadines are nice here, and it's really the first sign of fall, even though it doesn't feel anything like fall right now, but. That's always like when you know that summer's over and we're going to start having some fall flavors. The muscadine's always the the first one to show up around here on our dessert menu. And did you get that from a, a winery? or No, just a local farm. They're just growing muscadines. Uh, uh. Yeah, they make pretty... It, it's almost like a dessert wine that makes... Um, I don't really care for the muscadine wine. Uh, a little yeah, too well, sweet. You made a better product out of it anyway. <laughs> yeah. so you never have to drink wine again. Yeah. Uh, and I love that the 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 skins like it has so much texture to it yeah, like you, you you get a little bit of bite of the skin it's smooth but then you get a little crunch from the crust and that that oat the oats and stuff on top that's just that's awesome i saved a little piece to take home to the lady yeah that's uh, great do you do you all end up selling whole pies and stuff do you oh yeah we have them in the merchandise area and uh we always we have a thing online locally right now um i wish we could ship them but you can order a pie to pick up and we sell a lot of the pies for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Wow. Well, you, you're going to have to turn this whole basement into uh, pastry if you <laughs> if you start shipping pies. Man. Yeah, well, we got the room for it, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and you have to check with Ashley first. Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit. Maybe uh, one day. That's a big thing in barbecue now, too, is a lot of people are shipping briskets, shipping yeah. racks of ribs. And uh, it, it's cool because... Uh, a lot of uh, one of the ones that's popular in Austin is, or in Texas is Gold Belly, and they'll actually, you know, y- you put the inventory up yourself. So if you sell out that day, you don't put anything up. But if you have ten extra racks of ribs the next day, you just put ten on, and then people buy them uh, as soon as they're yeah, available. Yeah, we talked to Gold Belly. I didn't know you could do it like that. Yeah, at least that's how it's explained to me. Oh, uh, cool. Um, but they they basically said that it's like it doesn't matter. They can do a full cook every day, and whether or not they sell out. They can sell the rest uh, and ship it. And with the technology, the way it is, I've had a brisket now that's that's been shipped. I, I, I was uh, in kind of North Texas, and someone had a, a brisket from Austin shipped, and they, they cooked it up. They basically just put it in a hot pan in the oven, 250, and let it warm up. And it, it came out of that package like it was right off the smoker. It was impressive. Yeah, I brought a brisket back from Truth, actually. Oh, yeah? Heated it up in a little bit of warm water and served it in done that with uh uh louis miller barbecue brisket before too yeah well, wayne works. does a ton of shipping it works pretty well you know smell it when you open that bag it smells just like texas <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's funny i was on a trip a while back and i was saying how, how like something felt weird and i realized i just hadn't smelled a barbecue joint in a while oh yeah <laughs> usually i'm used to everywhere you go in austin oh, i ride yeah. motorcycles and smoke I, is everywhere huh? yeah i drive with my windows open too i hate using the air conditioning oh, so yeah. i can i love smelling the different things and driving out to the country you can feel kind of the air cool off and i mean it's still warm for y'all but it's it's perfect here for oh, a texan okay. yeah i bet <laughs> i walked about a mile to get here and it was oh, it was a nice, treat huh? i barely even sweat so you ended up here you open up this amazing place. You got just a killer staff. I mean, they really, you know, I, I, I did my usual thing where I kind of put myself in the kitchen and get in everyone's way. And everyone was just 
didn't skip a beat. Uh, did it take a while to get a good crew like that? Or? Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of folks that work with us that have been with us for either since we've opened or been a few years. And, you know, we've definitely had people come and go and we're always hiring and people are always leaving. But we care a lot about the culture here and really try and take care of our staff. Um, the restaurant business, unfortunately, is one that just doesn't allow for great pay you know we try to pay people the best we can but we try to find other ways to to make it nice to work here and we feed everybody twice a day family wow. meal and try to do fun things you know uh do employee parties throughout the year and just try to think about them and you know try to make a good culture here really well i'm sure the tips aren't too bad either yeah the servers the servers do pretty well amazing yeah. uh so was it difficult? I know you said that you ha you had to jump through some hoops to get those smokers in here. You've got these two whole hog pits, but you cook half the menu on those. Yeah. Was it hard to get those in here? Uh, it wasn't hard to get them in here physically. The the city gave us a lot of a lot of problems trying to get them. They didn't really understand what we were doing here, and I had to fudge the truth a little bit just to get open. But um, yeah, it it was it was a lot of hoops and hurdles and. A lot of like, all right, you guys are good to go. And then, oh, no, wait, you've got to do this now. But I keep hearing that from, I think that's happening everywhere, really. Yeah. Well, you saw the, the pit room at Truth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they've got they've got more uh, more hood vents than ceiling in there. Yeah, it's and, you know, they don't make it easy on you, that's for sure. Well, and I think the, the world of barbecue is learning how to communicate with cities. And cities are starting to see that, you know, uh, when Aaron Franklin had his fire... A lot of his permits got run through as fast as it could, obviously, because they had his name on it. But they, they're starting to see that people are coming to the city. It's it's, you know, people come from all over the world to come here. It's not just, you know, a bunch of college students in here every day. Yeah. You have a you have a fun story of anyone who's come through some interesting Swedes or something? Um, you know, we first opened uh, Zach Galifianakis. Oh, really? Came here. Um, it he's was a, he, he's a riot. Uh, uh, there's been a few people, uh, um, Danny McBride, he's probably the, the most interesting guy I thought that came through here. Um, you know that guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. So he was, I guess, filming a movie here, um, and twice he came, uh, asked for the same server both times, and there was probably a month or two lapse in him coming, and upstairs we used to have an oyster bar up there um yeah when we first opened and we had a bachelorette party going on i didn't see this but i heard about it uh, i heard a lot of hollering and yelling from the ladies upstairs but him and his guy went up guy friend went up there and um apparently one of them i think him laid down on the table and they were like doing body shots off of him <laughs> so that's probably the most interesting story that sounds pretty eastbound and down <laughs> yeah uh and and i mean he's uh Zach Alphanagas, him, a lot of these guys are kind of known for being exactly who they are on camera, yeah. wherever they go. They're not really playing a character as much as being their wild selves. Absolutely. Uh, and and you really, uh, you have uh, an awesome network. You know, we've met more times or run into each other more times in Texas than here. Uh, and it's cool to see that, you know, the, the barbecue world isn't something that's just in a city, just in a state. That you know, wherever you go, uh, you get to kind of party with everybody, and it, it was cool to you know we were lucky enough to spend time at Truth for that benefit, 
and I got to watch you cook that whole hog and uh man it's it's a does it feel good to to get out and just have like one hog to cook for an yeah event? you know I, I never thought in a million years I would be rubbing elbows with the people that I do um I thought I'd open this place and be here every night cooking hogs and yeah it's amazing the community that is barbecue uh coming from a chef background it's a little more cutthroat and you know quiet no one really hangs out or talks to each other or no one's hanging out really no one's collaborating um you, you're seeing more and more of that now i think um but when i first got out of it and started cooking barbecue i was totally amazed how open and welcoming everyone was and open arms and you know there's some secrets out there but for the most part everybody's willing to show you what they're doing and because they know it's hard work and if you want to do the hard work then do it but I can show you how to cook a pig, but you're probably not going to go out and cook a pig every day, you know. It's, and if you are, good luck, awesome. I'm happy for you. But well, the, I, the barbecue business is just—it's amazing how how many people out there are willing to talk to you and be your friends. And do you think the barbecue business has been kind of inspiring this? I've been seeing more chefs collaborating and working together. You think that came from barbecue, or do you think that was just inevitable? Uh, I think probably a little bit of barbecue, or just you know. The walls are coming down. It's changing a little. The, everything's changing, you know. The well, chef, chef community. You know, people aren't screaming at each other like they used to. I don't think in kitchens, chefs are acting a little different, and you know. Well, it helps when they. A lot of them are doing what you're doing, which is having a more open kitchen, and no one wants to come to a restaurant where the chef's always yelling. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it was actually surprisingly quiet. I mean, do most of the people in the kitchen do the whole hogs? I know. Are they? Are they? more like some of them do prep or does everyone kind of do every job throughout the day um well there's most of the people that work upstairs on the back line of will shovel some coals under the pig throughout the cook we put it on different times of the day but it takes about 12 to 15 hours i have a late night guy that comes in at midnight that stays until eight uh, my wow. closing kitchen manager stays until midnight um, and then my opening manager comes in at eight so they're the kitchen manager at nights maybe putting a pig on, shoveling some coals till the main late night guy gets here. He's doing all the prep and shoveling the coals for eight hours. Um so there's always somebody here. Most of the time there's here somebody twenty four hours a day. And then my AM guy comes in and he's finishing up the pig. Sometimes he puts another one on. Sometimes we just get the ribs and chicken cooked and then put another hog on. But I've got most no one here only cooks hogs. We, I had a guy, Dave, um, he's still here. We promoted him to a, a manager position. Um, he still cooks the hogs, but uh, we have a crew that kind of rotates now. That, so no one's getting burnt out, staying here For sure. every night, all night long. And they'll work like two shifts cooking the hogs and then three shifts on the line or something like that. Do you have it down to kind of know exactly about 8, 10, 12 hours, the, the hog tapes? Uh, it always is going to take at least 12, um, sometimes more. Uh, it just depends on how much other stuff we got to cook, how many times we have to lift the lid open, you know, if we got to cook chickens right beside it or ribs right beside it. When we're cooking off-site, like in Dallas and Houston and Austin, I'm not cooking ribs and chickens. I can just focus on that one pig, so it's a lot more streamlined. But you still, when you were in Houston, you... You threw some green beans under the hog, uh, and you're yeah. catching some of that juice. It's yeah. a smart move. Yeah. Well, you know, my grandma told me not to waste nothing, and we pay good money for that pasture-raised fat, and I don't want to throw it in a trash can. And 
save all we can. You know, it's good flavor. Fat is flavor. Well, and tell me more about, you know, you've got this beautiful photo of you with the with some pigs that, that Jacob Lerma, Robert Jacob Lerma took. Uh, and you've got this awesome picture of the farmer. It's like, you know, you're so connected. Tell us more about the, the farmer. Yeah, so we've been working with Vandell Farms since before we opened. Um, they're about an hour drive. Most of that is real windy mountain, just beautiful, gorgeous scenery roads. Um, they raise us pasture-raised pigs, uh, and we have grown their business um pretty well and we get our pigs about 170 180 pounds and we get them split in half with the jowls and the ear still on um we take the ears and smoke those for dog treats we save the jowls cure those like one trolley and use those for our muscles and different different dishes um yeah, we're we're working on actually building a smokehouse on the farm where we'll be able to cook ten pigs at a time, um, have some farm tours, and going to start cooking some hogs out there on the farm. Now, ten pigs at a time. Are you are you are you going through that many that many hogs here? Uh, we go through about uh, fourteen. We can only cook fourteen a week, really, and we are maxing out on some of the. We have been running out. We ran out a lot this year. Really. So we're trying to. Trying to expand a little bit. We say no to a lot of caterings. Um, there's just things we can't do. We're limited, so we're just trying to have the option of expanding. We want to get a, a food truck to put outside maybe uh, next year. So when we are on a wait, we can have people just run over and grab some fried chicken off the off the food truck. And Would you do, like, some hog tacos or something? Too, yeah, or? I mean, we've thought about doing some different menu stuff for sure. Um, we can play around more out there than we can in here. And, Maybe doing more of that, you know, not just outside, having a food truck on the farm and maybe opening somewhere else some someday, you know. Yeah, I mean it gives you a ton of options and yeah. like you said, catering, I mean you can you could show up pretty much anywhere in town with a with a hog ready to serve. Yeah, we, we, we have to say no to a lot of caterings unfortunately and this farm idea is something to help us not have to say no anymore. Now are those are those some of your your dad's cookers up there? Did he help with the welding or No, those are BQ grills. They're made out of uh Elm City, North Carolina. Um I have a Texas offset. I don't, did you see it outside? No, I haven't seen I'll it. Show yet. it to you after that. Um my dad and I built a smoker. We were building we were going to build smokers up there and one of the hoops and hurdles were like, "Oh, it's got to be NSF rated and UL listed." And we were like um, How do you so, even do that? Uh, spend a bunch of money and cross your fingers that they say that it's going to work. But uh, we were able to find these smokers in some of the other barbecue places in North Carolina. And I'm like, why can't we do it? And they were finally like, uh, okay. But on the farm, you got a little more freedom. Yeah, we're going to build center block uh, pits oh, with wow. big fireplaces out there. You're going to do some metal tops? Yeah. or So it's going to be kind of like a, like a giant bangers or something? uh it'll be unique to us uh i haven't seen anything quite like it i've got a design and drawn up and it'll be white uh subway tile around it so it's gonna be be nice it's in an old old horse barn that we're renovating into a smokehouse so you're already kind of working on it uh december 1st is a potential first fire wow yeah all right so it's on yeah it's working yeah it's what i've been doing uh this past late summer fall in between my travels well, congratulations that yeah, sounds well, incredible yeah. dude i'll have to come back and yeah we, we were planning a trying to have a big barbecue festival here sometime next year either on the farm or at a local brewery and want to bring some texas guys and some yeah. of my friends 
down from all over the, wor- the world. Even we got some friends coming from Australia, Fancy Hank's Barbecue. And nice. We're going to cook some. They're really serious about some barbecue Kanga in Bangus. Australia. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're, uh, they're doing, a, there's a lot of American style barbecue there. I just went in January and I was amazed about how many barbecue places are. Did you go there for fun or they had you cook? I was there cooking for the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. That's right. It was first trip out of the States. It was awesome. <laughs> How long did you spend there? Uh, almost two weeks, and I'm planning my trip. I'm going back uh, October 2020 to cook some more barbecue. I nice. love it. Is that meat stock, or is that something else? No, this is a something This is something else that we're working on. Some friends of mine are nice. planning a barbecue small kind of festival there on the truffle farm. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so it should be fun. <sighs> Wayne's going out there, I think, next month, right? Oh, is he? He got. Uh, he was already out there, I think, one time this year. Or maybe he already went. He I might can't be remember. going back. Yeah. Well, I know that um, Houston's Barbecue set him up with a three-city tour. Oh, nice. So it, it, he's, I mean, you know, he's, he's a mover and a shaker. And yeah. it, it's cool to see you all just getting to travel, you know? Yeah. I was lucky. I, I sent you a message, and luckily enough, you were in town. Yeah, I, I try to take the, the fall and winter and try to slow it down a little bit. It's the nicest time of year, too. Yeah, I get mad when people try to get me out of uh, out of Texas in October. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I want to enjoy this. Yeah. I just I just live through this whole hot ass summer. Why don't you tell me? Why don't you get me out of town? In, yeah, in let's August. do it in July. Huh? <laughs> exactly. I'm uh, my dream is to spend like July and August out of Texas, just just not even doing it. You know, once as that heat ramps up, I'm just gonna fly north or something. Yeah, that's that's me here in maybe January and February down the road. It gets pretty cold and slow here. It's pretty pretty depressing y'all have like a a long time you close up you guys close up like christmas and new year's or anything no we're open seven days a week lunch and dinner uh we close for um christmas day uh we close for christmas eve we're open christmas eve day we close for night um and then i think we close yeah we close thanksgiving day and that's pretty much it uh, we're open unless it snows and we have to close. Um, we're open most days of the year. And do you uh, do you get a lot of like? Do you do any big orders for the holidays, or is that something that's uh, um, next? Yeah, well, we were hoping to have the farm finished before Thanksgiving. Um, we're selling turkeys this year. Um, there is already kind of a makeshift block pit out there um, that we've cooked turkeys on before. So we're gonna smoke turkeys out on the farm and. Wow vacuum seal them on there they have a usda state processing plant out there so uh we'll have them bagged up where you can reheat them and um we're doing half and whole turkeys so they've got the farm they they can do processing and now soon they're going to have a smoke a whole smokehouse too yeah we'll, we'll, we're trying to keep it all you know right there and th- you'll be able to see the hogs right there and they'll be smelling themselves cook <laughs> <laughs> well and i know from hanging out with you in houston like that uh, you don't realize that when you're there, but then you get home and you're like, you're like, oh man, I'm like, I'm real smoky today. Yeah, I real got, smoky. I got it all on me. Yeah. Uh, yeah but it, it's nice. I just did a, I did a bologna pop up with a, a guy in Austin, and uh, it was fun. I got to work 14 hours in a, um, a food trailer, and uh, I hadn't done that in a long time, and it, it felt good to get kind of greasy and dirty oh, and, and sweaty. Talk yeah. shit out the little window, <laughs> and you know they. They open at eleven, but they don't close till three a.m. Wow! So I was I was in there They're yelling at drunk some people. Food runs, huh? 
Oh yeah, the, he cooks. Uh, he's got a little Moberg pit, and he you can get like top brisket at two a.m. Wow, what's the bar's place? Close. Rolling Smoke. Rolling Smoke. This right. guy Kyle, super nice guy. You'd lo- you'd love him. Have to check him out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I I got a the local butcher. You know, Forty Four Farms. Yeah. Uh, he he got me some Forty Four Farms beef. Uh, we uh, Salt and Time uh, in town. They uh, grounded it. They have a special. You know, it's like a giant Robocou, a big metal one. They made it like the perfect emulsion. Put some Tillamook cheddar, jalapenos, poblanos in it. I'll show you a picture after Bologna. we're done. Mm. Yeah, it was super good. And then in the truck, I'd slice it, fry it on the plancha, put it, um, grill the buns like you do with the uh, with the burger. Uh, and then I put some really good like sour pickles, crunchy sour pickles, and some Kyle made a homemade mustard for mm, it. That too, sounds so. yummy. It's actually a Carolina gold mustard. Oh, that's awesome. I wish I had some. You could tell me if it was authentic <laughs> yeah. or not. Wow, well, everybody's got a recipe for it. Yeah, and... Uh, it's a. Uh, it, it's cool to be out of Texas. I don't get to leave as much as I want, and it's really uh, the the culture here and the people. You know, I got to take a walk through Asheville, and the coffee shops are super serious about coffee. Even I was laughing because uh, he he was like, uh, "This is gonna take an extra second. I'm gonna warm the cup up for you." I was like, "Bro, you're you're my hero." <laughs> I appreciate it. Like, That's there's, awesome. There's a lot of places that don't think about that kind of stuff. You uh, know, they don't. And and uh, did did it take a long time to to come up with the menu? Did you guys start with just hogs, or did you get you know? Because there's a lot of thought that went into this place. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it took me three years or more to really. I had a long time, and I wasn't really working um, a full time job. Nice. So I had a lot of time to really. I've got stacks of notes like this that um, one day I'm gonna. I go through them every now and then, but I'm keeping them because there's ideas on there that I want to do here eventually. You know, it's nice. a, you know, I say I, Buxton's timeline is real long and we're still over here and we got a long ways to go. And, you know, yeah, not, it's not, not a race, down. you know, we're just trying to figure it out every day, you know? Well, and, and you know, the thought, yeah, uh, your book has so much good stuff in it. And, uh, there were a ton of comments at, uh, the Houston cook where, you know, some of these guys have had a lot of the other big, whole hog guys and they were talking about the unique taste you know the uh at one point someone uh tasted the that it's like a vinegary sauce you put on the whole hog and they were saying how like it's really you don't even know when you're tasting it how good it makes the whole hog taste like it really mixes with those flavors yeah well we serve uh pasture raised hogs and we got a pasture raised hog down in in uh houston too and they're just real fatty and um it takes our pigs a little bit longer to cook because there's so much fat that has to render down. And um, the best way I describe it is when we flip that pig over and the back, the inside of the skin, you can rub your finger in it and put it to your lips and, you know, your lips almost stick together from the, the gelatin in it. And uh, we put the meat super, it's coated in all that fat and the vinegar sauce that we use um, mixes with all that pork fat and almost emulsifies into like a salad dressing soil and fat and vinegar and pepper and lemon and chilies and it's almost like we're dressing the pork like it's a salad so every every uh piece of meat has a little bit of vinegar emulsified fat on it when i watched uh i watched daniel vaughn the barbecue snob uh he after kind of the dinner was over uh everyone was kind of hanging out drinking and he dug right in started uh, ripping that hog apart yeah. he was trying to find all the little tasty bites oh. and keeping them for himself and nice. it was cool to see you know 
I don't. Uh, he's actually cooking uh, in Austin this weekend, but you don't get to see him work that often. But uh-huh. he really, he really wanted to dig into that hog. So it was cool to see uh, just the the amount of respect and the love for the food you cooked and all the other stuff there. It really, it was a it was an amazing group of people, and uh, it sure was. I, I'm hoping we can do that more without having to have a tragedy or, or something bad. Yeah, to, yeah. To I'd love to bring those guys down to to Asheville and do and something I, in the mountains. I, I think I think they're all on your speed dial, and I think they answer every time you call. <laughs> yeah. if, hey, anytime you call me, I'm gonna answer right away. Uh, Likewise, it, it, it's it's so cool, man. It's so cool that we can all be friends and connected over such a long distance. You know, even just sitting here taking pictures of the burger and the fried chicken and stuff you gave me. Uh, you know, I'm I'm still getting messages from people. What? How was that? What's that? <laughs> what are you eating? And uh, it, it's great because. When, you know, I'm, I'm I'm working really hard to make this show full time. I'm I'm close, but it, it it it's something that like I can't wait till I can just spend all day responding to comments yeah. and talking to people, reaching out to you and uh, everyone else, and just kind of sharing all the beautiful things that we do. Um, it's it's really it's an amazing scene, and uh, I can tell just by talking to the the three or four people I I met up there that you know you, you take really good care of your people and. Uh, it's really true that you know you've got happy pigs that make great food. You've got happy staff that makes great food, and 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 it, it, it's this beautiful thing that all it really takes is some thought, and and you've got the perfect place. You know. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, did you ha- have you worked in kitchens that were pretty intense, or did you mostly have a, a, a pretty you easy know, time? I, I'm self-taught. Um, I, like I said, I I worked at Chick Fil A for six years and that place is definitely not an aggro environment um and then i took a job to be a chef at a place called the wig in columbia and i was the chef i just had to teach myself um just a one-man show and moved to philly and wanted to learn under some people and i got offered a chef job at a place across the street from me italian joint and I took it for the money and yeah. just faked it till I made it. And um, but I've definitely worked in kitchens and around chefs doing special dinners or being in town for an event where it's been a pretty stressful, tense environment. And yeah. I, I used to be that way, you know, a little bit when I was working at the Admiral. I used to chain smoke a lot, and that's I think where most of it came from. But um, just wanting that cigarette, you know. Yeah. getting stressed out about nothing you know try to smoke a lot of weed and have a cooler calmer head these days you know? yeah I, I can tell and it, it's it's uh it's funny i can't even imagine you being intense like that because you <laughs> i've definitely thrown some saute pans around for sure <laughs> uh yeah I, I just couldn't imagine because you're just you're pretty much the you know the the coolest you know softest dude wherever you go at least yeah, that well, i've well, seen thank you and it's it's really nice. I I it was fun when we were all hanging out in Houston because everyone was just kind of keeping an eye on what they were doing, but not really too worried. Everyone was taking their time, and um, that's how it should be, you know. Yeah. Every once in a while, the cook might get away from you, and you got to rush. You got to hustle a little bit, but if you do it right, you can kind of just chill and watch yeah. the watch the gauges. Yeah, give yourself a couple extra hours. <laughs> exactly, uh, and. Do you, I mean, are you, if you want to leave for a month, these guys can pretty much run the place, huh? Uh, you know, it, it's, we're trying to get there. I, I don't ever want to be gone for a month. Right, um, of course. But, you know, it's, 
I've got a really, really good crew, and um, it's only getting better. And you know, it just takes some time. You know, we, so we've been open for four years, and got some people that have, are bought in, and they're learning about barbecue. They see that I get to travel. Um, I try to bring people along with me as much as I can. You know, when it makes sense financially, yeah. and you know, as long as you work here, longer you work here, the more likely you're going to get to go to Texas or to go cook a hog somewhere outside. Australia. Of, yeah, Australia. I brought my brought my GM to Australia this year, and hope to get to bring somebody different next time. And you know, well, and uh, I'm sure that you have to make a plan too if you're going to start cooking at the the farm. Yeah, gonna have kind of two locations to keep track of. Yeah, well, there's a little cabin out there um, that'll have some bunk beds and a wood burning stove and an AC unit. And there's a really nice—I call it a pond, but it's really almost the size of a small little lake. It's really, it's a huge pond. And my dad made a little aluminum john boat, and we're gonna take it out there and do some fishing. Did you post a picture of that? I feel like I saw yeah, that just recently. Yeah, just, yeah, he just brought it up last weekend. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember being like, someone made that. Yeah, my dad and my his brother made that. They, they my bro, my dad's brother started a little aluminum John boat business called Huck Finn, and <laughs> that's that awesome. that's one that was the last remaining one. Um, my dad, it's my dad's. He he took it in the water once, and that was made probably in the mid to late '80s. That's how old that thing is. Wow. Well, and. Uh, you know the e- e- even though the the restaurant's new, the building has a ton of history. You have a ton of history. It sounds like the family business has a ton of history. Yeah. Uh, and it's really cool to see just all the things that have come together. Because uh, even though Texas is old, uh, I feel like everything on the East Coast kind of has a little more age to it. And in Texas, there's just this thing where they like to tear everything down and make it new again, which is it's not the worst. But it's really nice to come and see. It. You know, old. You said that it's a local maple, right? The the wood upstairs on the floor, yeah. Yeah, so it's like maple floors. Yeah, this and, is it right here. Oh yeah, there it is. Kiska Forest, North Carolina. I made this out of some of the old wood. Do you still have some of the old flooring laying around? Yeah, and I think there's some in this the room next door here. And you said you uh, speaking of wood, you have oak, red and white oak. Red and white oak is mostly what's dominant in the the woods around here. My wood guy. Um, is getting trees that are being cut down for developments, new apartments or hotels. and um, It's mostly red and white oak, but there, we do get some hickory, some cherry, some maple. Um, it's mostly red and white oak that we burn. And and y'all are kind of doing the burn barrel style, so it doesn't really it doesn't affect the flavor as much. Yeah, as like the... we, we try to use, we have a rod that hangs over the fire that we cure bacon, and we'll hang that over to get some of that like more wood smoke flavor. Nice. And, uh, but yeah. Most of our smoke is coming from the pig fat dripping down on the coals and sizzling up. And well, and, and it's so cool because you you know you put things under the hogs, you put things above the hogs, you take all the bones and uh, is that where you put the jowls in that stock I was seeing uh, there? No, we we make a muscle, like a steam muscle sautéed. Um, oh. So we make a tomato sauce. Uh, I've been making these mussels for years, way before Buxton opened, but. Um, We've had them on the menu since day one, lunch and dinner. But we we make a stock with the bones, San Marzano tomatoes, um, mm. some onions, peppers, a little vinegar, um, and we put that underneath the pig, and it gets stripped on. There's a lot of smoke. Then we cure the jowls, um, cut them up into little lardons, and cook them in a pan with some onion and butter. 
add the mussels, put a little bit of the local beer, and then put some of that tomato sauce and steam them and serve it with uh, some sourdough bread that Ashley makes. It's got a little bit of the, what we call the bacon, and it's if we have any part that's a little crunchy, gets a little too much heat, we save that and put it in our collards and our mussel goo, different things like that. I mean, it's just developing so many flavors. Yeah, a lot of umami in that stuff. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a chef's dream in here. <laughs> uh, well, so one of the questions I ask everyone who's on the show is, uh, you know, what's your message to the enthusiasts, the guys that are trying to cook whole hog in their backyard or just trying to, uh, like you, just use every part of the animal, take everything kind of to another level by not wasting a bit? Yeah, I mean, if you want to cook a hog, it, it just it's not hard. It just takes a lot of time and patience. Um, give yourself, like I said, a couple extra hours. It might rain. The wood might be wet. Your fire might go out. Uh, you know, you never know what will happen. Give yourself some time, and you paid money for that hog, so don't throw it away. You know, there's all kinds of stuff you can do with the byproduct. Um, we make barbecue hash. Uh, that's, I guess, a whole nother story, but um. Yeah, you can, yeah, just use it up. And, and uh, you know, you, you, you basically wrote the book on Whole Hog, so people can grab your book and learn a lot yeah, from that, too. Buxton Hall Book of Smoke. It's out there on Amazon. It's on its third pressing. Nice. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was a lot of work, a lot of fun. There's some good stories in there. There's a lot of dessert recipes from Ashley, and, yeah. Yeah, and is that uh, is that something that, you know, you're, you, it, it, it it's... Almost everyone I know has a copy. Uh, is it something you want to, you know, do a second edition, third edition one day? I've or? definitely talked about, I'm I'm thinking right now actually about doing a second book. Um, just kind of all of that stuff was recipes that I had before Buxton or the first year really of Buxton. This one can be what we've done. Uh, and, you know, we've brought Miguel from Valentina's down here and I'd love we cooked on the smoker and I'd love to do like a collab some collaborative recipes with some of my friends that I've made and yeah go on a book tour and cook again together you know out in Texas maybe yeah it's it's fun to see uh I ran into uh Aaron Franklin and and uh Sam Jones when they were in LA kind of doing the book tour while they were out there and it, it's just cool to see how people really uh kind of like this show they just want to hear you talk. They just want to hear your ideas. They want to hear where you came from, and uh, and, and it's cool because I'm sure you didn't you didn't start out meaning to be such an interesting person, but no, you became I, one. I never thought I'd be cooking barbecue. If you would ask me when I was a kid, I wanted I wanted to be an artist as a kid. You know, I just wanted to paint and do art, and I found that food was as close as I could be to being an artist. You know, it's artists are looking for that instant gratification for their work or their music and food. You can see somebody eat something and you can look at their face and tell if they like it or not. And when someone's like, mm, it's just like, yes. <laughs> and that's why I have the open kitchen. So we can hopefully catch it. If somebody's not enjoying their food, you know, well, figure I, out why. And Yeah. Do you have to, do you have to kind of run out every once in a while and be like, what's going on? Uh, you know, I was doing that a lot when we first opened, but I've tried to step away a little bit and, you know, well, cause calm my stress levels down a little bit. Well, it, it is a challenge, too, owning a restaurant because people are afraid if they aren't enjoying themselves, they're afraid to vocalize it. But for some reason, you know, there's and that's a, all we want as restaurant owners. We 
we don't want you to write on Yelp that you yeah, had a exactly. bad time. We want you to leave with a smile on your face, you know. We'll, we'll pay for your food, we'll give it to you for free and give you some more, you know. Yeah. Well, and there's a, I think it was Evie Mays that had a, uh, they put a sign up that like, yes, Yelp can that. help you. <laughs> we can. <laughs> but we can. Yeah. So let us know. Uh, Absolutely. And I don't think many of the listeners are, are really uh, Yelp activists yeah. or any, any BS <laughs> like that. I think I think the fans are all in love with what you do and you know the 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 beautiful food that's out there. So if anyone out there is a one star Yelper, you can. Uh, it's time to change. <laughs> time to give it up. I really only I if I don't like a place, I just don't review it. And if I like and I literally only put five star reviews out there because I just don't feel like there's a reason to write anything unless. Yeah. I think I've written two or three one-star reviews, and it was literally because like the place was scary, or you know, like I was right. like, I, I think this might be a dangerous place to eat. You know, <laughs> like don't go here after dark. Right, absolutely. Uh, well, I appreciate it, Elliot Moss. You're, well, I appreciate uh, it. You're a legend uh, oh, on the I don't East know Coast. About that. You're, uh, you're, you're. Well, you you truly are doing what you love, and that's all it really takes to to show people that you know you can you can have your own book, you can have your own restaurant, you can have your own seen just by doing what you love yeah just gotta work hard you know hard work and i'm trying to work hard to get these stories out to people so i appreciate well, you well, taking the well, time i appreciate you having interest in wanting to talk to me thank yeah, you please thank you appreciate it yeah hey to come in and meet man y'all to see me eat man hit on the meat man y'all to see me eat now I got jaws like a bear trap, a teeth like a razor. I made tack tongue with a sensitive taster. I was born out in Texas called the land of beef. Never catch a muscle green or showing the hell that like a meat on the meat man. Y'all to see me eat.